Welcome. You are tuned into a message from the camp series of Livingstone's Family Church. This series of messages will stir up faith in your heart and empower you to be a strong believer. God bless you as you listen. I have the Father, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to hear your word. Even as your word is coming, I, I pray that you give us an open heart. Let us be doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray, thanksgiving. Amen. 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 Um, I feel deeply honored um, to be given the opportunity to speak to you. It's always an honor to speak to the people of God. Amen. Um, it's an honor um, from Daddy Phil. Um, I, I was at a funeral over the weekend, and um, it was, I think, two, two main days. So I met some old um, distance relatives. And um, the, we spoke for a while. One of the relatives spoke for a while. Then the next day, um, for the Sunday, um, he saw me and said, oh, he wants to speak to me one-on-one. -on -one. Then he said he wants me to share with him um, the same topic that, that he feels sent to me. Wow. Then when, when he said, I said, hey, that is what he's level. <laughs> this is level amen because um um I, I received the topic um that is structuring your life let me read it please hold on i want to read the exact the exact um topic yes structuring your life for balance as a church worker structuring your life for balance as a church worker so um he he saw me and was asking me that i should he didn't use the same word structuring your life for balance but what he asked me was the same thing that pastor philip sent to me amen amen then i realized that our daddy is really <laughs> he's really deep amen amen um I also want to acknowledge the presence of Mama Amy, Pastor Amy. Yes. And I want to acknowledge the presence of the pastors in the house and also the branch pastors and also um, uh, Mama Clara. Um, also, um, Mama Yatu. Amen. So, so that the topic is. <laughs> and Mama Dodo Doti Do. I mean, those who understand, understand. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Um, Barrel is my timekeeper. You're my timekeeper. Okay, so please, when I'm 10 minute, um, 20 minutes to time, then you send me. Yes. Um, okay, so the, the topic is the structuring your life for balance as a church worker. Structuring your life for balance as a church worker. Um, when Daddy Phil sent it to me, um, I, I found it a little bit difficult to prepare for this particular message um 
I think mainly because I I I I I, I don't see my life to be in balance myself. <laughs> so I don't see my life to be in balance. So it was very difficult for me to <laughs> prepare for the message. Amen. So I will do my best. Amen. I do my best. Um, it, and I've, I've made it very simple. I've made the message very simple. Please hold on. I use one note. So I store the notes. Okay. Okay. So, um, so this, this is I'm going to do the message. Um, many, many a times, you see, we have to do the work of the ministry. Amen. Amen. We have to do the work of the ministry. And many a times, they are um, structuring our lives for the work of the ministry, for a balance, for a work of the ministry. It's a challenge to most people. I mean, you see people saying that, um, my academics, you see? You see that my academics, how do I balance? And there's this joke that I, I sometimes I tell Mama Clara that, um, when I see a student and he's not doing well academically, I'm expecting that maybe he's doing business assets on campus, right? Now, if I see a student, he's not doing well academically, but he's also not doing business on campus, then maybe he's into serious ministry. I, I get you me. But now you can find students who are not into serious ministry, who are not doing business, and they are not doing well academically. <laughs> So I'm like, where, where is their life? <laughs> like, where are you? You see, there were people, um, when I was a student, uh, my first average, I'm sure you've heard it, you're even tired. My first average was 82.06, right? Uh, you see, if, if your average is, let's say you, you get an average that is high, and let's say it's in the 80s, at least you realize that, oh, a lot of your life has been lived in the classroom. Do you understand? But now you meet students, average is low. Ministry is low. <laughs> Ministry is low. Business, like, they're not doing anything. Everything is low. And, 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 and I think that that's, that's a serious problem. That's a serious problem. They need structuring. Thank you very much. <laughs> They need structuring. So um, this message is very simple. And what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to mention different aspects of life. And I'm going to mention basic principles for, um, for structuring your life. Amen. Now, the most important part of this message is um, about the work of the ministry. So I'm going to tackle the work of the ministry last. So I'm going to talk about structuring in academics, structuring your life in balance for... For um, work, I'm going to talk about structuring um, your life, balance for um, relationship. I'm going to talk about structuring your life for family. Then I'll finally end with ministry. Amen. So, so that's how the, the message is going to be. Now, because most of you are students, I'm going to start with structuring your life academically. Amen. Okay, so um, it's very important. It's very important that you solve a, a, please hold on okay I found it I found the notes okay so 
Um, I'll start with academics, then I'll move to personal. So I'm starting with academics. Now, I'm, I'm going to give you some tips for academics. I'm going to give you some tips. Now, the idea is that do academics without wasting time so that you have time for the ministry. Do academics without wasting time so that you have time for the ministry. Do you know that it is possible to just learn in the classroom? It's possible to just learn. What do I mean by just learning in the classroom? Do you know that you can pass your course by just going for the lectures and learning in the lectures? You won't get a high mark, but you can pass comfortably your course by just attending lectures. And this is what I used to do. I usually go to the lecture room. So I'm going to give you, so all the things I'm saying are very straightforward things. I usually go to the lecture room early like an hour before the lecture starts. <laughs> Why is that too much? <laughs> Are you part of those people that the average is low, ministry is low, business is low? <laughs> so, so this is what I used to do. I used to go to the lecture room very early. So like an hour before time I'll be there. Now, this, this, is the, this is the goal. The goal is I learn before the lecture comes. Now, another thing I used to do was that, so that's the first step, go to the lecture early. It's a simple, you can write it down in your book. Go to your lecture early. I'll still move to the workers. I'll move to the workers soon. Go to your lecture early. Now, there's something I used to do. I used to use the lecturer's time. You get it? Now, how do you use the lecturer's time? You make sure that you ask the lecturer every question that you have to ask him. So I was a typical person who would waste the lecturer's time. So the lecturer would just be, sometimes just me and the lecturer <laughs> in the class. But what the others didn't know was that I was using their time in the class. <laughs> I was like, please, what is this? Explain this, explain that. You know, do you know what people do? People go into the lecture room wishing the lecture ends so that after that they go and learn. Meanwhile, most 60% of the learning can be in the... You see, but so that when you finish, you can go and do ministry. 60% of your learning can be in the lecture room. Then there's also another thing I do. I don't leave the lecture room till I've understood everything that was taught for that day. Now, what do I, what do, I do? Now, usually I target the very brilliant people. All right, don't worry. Myself, I was brilliant too. But, you know, you have to respect the brilliant people. Amen. And I had this habit. What I do is that if there's a question I don't understand, I take a, um, an exercise book, write a question, and pass it. I start with the, the, the most intelligent person. Then I move to the second most intelligent person. Till so someone solves it. And it's compulsory. You have to solve it for me. And there's something I used to do. I'll come to you, pull you from your seat. Send, I'll send you to the board. Show me. And I will do this to everyone in the classroom till I understand everything. By the time I leave the lecture room, I've learned everything. And I used to do it to the lecturers. Because of that, the lecturers liked me. You know, at the funeral I just attended, one of my lecturers came. And that particular lecture, I missed the MSM, Mr. Mr. Exam. I was not, uh, I'm usually upset-minded in class, unfortunately. <laughs> so they announced the lecture, the MSM, I was sitting in class, I didn't hear. <laughs> Only for them, to, for them to tell me that, like, they have 
written the mission. And I called the lecturer. I said, like, Charlie, I didn't, I didn't know the, the mission was up. He said, I should come and write it in his office. Right? So I went to write it in his office. And after that, he said, this is the highest so far. Well, wow. <laughs> so now, now the, the question is, why did he allow me to come and write the mission? Because I used to bug him with questions. And in the way I asked the lecturer's questions, they know I'm sharp. I will ask you every single question till I am fully satisfied for that lecture. With this simple principle, you can learn 60% of your course. After that, you need just two hours a day. And you do well. You get A. So, so the, the thing is, don't say you don't have time for ministry. Because you can learn almost the entire lecture in class. That's the first part. So please, I hope you've written it down. The second part is timetable. The second part is timetable. Um, <laughs> now, um, the, now, now, usually people go like they can't follow timetable. That's why people say, now, if there's anyone who can't follow timetable, it should be me. Do you understand? So, the, I. <laughs> if there's anyone who can't follow timetable, it's me. So, now, but I just wanted you to change your idea of timetable. If you, if you make your mind that timetable should be very strict you will not be able to follow your timetable. Now, this is the idea of timetable. The first concept is this. Sh you should know which subject you are studying for a day. That's the first principle of timetable. Now, this is how you calculate. Let's imagine you are doing eight courses. And then there are, there are seven days in a week. Am I right? Obviously, you cannot do one subject a day. Do you agree? So you have to do a minimum of two subjects a day. So let's imagine you are doing a minimum of two subjects a day you should know what subject you are studying. That's, that's the whole principle of timetable. Oh, Monday I'm studying this and that. Tuesday I'm studying that and that. That's the first principle. The second principle of timetable is set a minimum time for learning. Now, you see, usually um, when you are learning, especially as a student, you have a guilty conscience that maybe you have not learned well. So do you know what you have to do? Set a time that if I learn... For me, it was 20 minutes, right? If I learn any subject for 20 minutes, I'll finish learning. Yes. I know it sounds very small for you, right? Now, anything I do beyond the 20 minutes is bonus. Do you get it? So I just have to... Um, um, so it means if I have two subjects for the day, right? And I learn 20 minutes, 20 minutes, I've learned. But if I decide to go the extra mile, so, so that, that makes timetable very simple, right? You have two subjects for the day, and you finish your 20, 20 minutes. And now you have more time, and you say you want to learn more. You look at the problem areas, and you do it. Is that okay? Now, for those of you who are doing maths, for those of you who are doing maths, um, what you have to make sure you do is that do a little of maths very often. Do you get it? So make sure that the maths is done every other day. So this is what I used to do when I was a student. All the maths courses... I, I make it Monday, I'll do maths. Wednesday, I'll do maths. Friday, I'll do maths. I get it me. Or maybe Monday, I'll do maths. Tuesday, I'll do maths. Wednesday, I'll do maths. Then maybe Saturday, I'll do maths. I get it my point. Now, what I used to do um, with, with the 
Sundays was that I used it for the one credit courses. The courses that are not much. And what I used to do with one credit course is that I learned them only on Sundays. Yeah. So, so the I- issue of timetable is to allow you to structure your learning in such a way. You know, if you don't structure your learning, you, you always be using academics as an excuse not to do the work of the ministry. And you'll be going like, oh, because I have to do that, because I have to do that, because I have to do that. Do you get it? So um, the second thing is timetable. Now, the last thing I'll say about academics is maximize your time. Maximize your time. Um, one of the things that you need throughout the rest of your life is time management. That's one of the things. So as a student, I want you to start time management. Maximize your time. Make sure you are making the best of your time. Okay, thank you very much. So we are moving to the next um, aspect of our life. That is, okay, let's go to personal before we move to um, work. Then we move to the workers. Let's go to personal. Now, I'm very happy that um, in Livingstone's family church, each one of us know the essence of quiet time because our daddy has taught us the essence of quiet time. Right through the morning dew, we all know the essence of quiet time. So, from the personal structuring your life for an effective balance as a church worker, the first thing is your quiet time. The first thing is your quiet time. I mean, yesterday, Daddy was explaining that um, pre-reading the scripture, I mean, praying, praise and worship, Bible study, like Daddy was giving us the structure for an effective quiet time. So. I mean, please, you are, uh, you are being pampered. Amen. With morning dew, you are being pampered. <laughs> you are getting all the principles of quiet time. You are following all, you are pre-reading the Psalms and everything. And it's one of the main aspects of a personal structure in your life. You see, um, once in a while, I advance my branch when maybe I'm not in the position, I let someone else preach on Sunday. I let someone else preach for Sunday. And usually I try and listen to the, like, the whole process um, that they take. Uh-huh. Um, I think there was one day, even at AJ, there was one day that um, Pastor Stylish gave uh, Elder Messi um, to preach. Elder Messi, you are here. Yeah. And I, I heard you prepared for three days, right? <laughs> You prepared for three days. Was it three days? It was three days. Okay. You prepared for three days. And I, recently I gave um, the, someone the opportunity to um, preach in Bantama on Sunday. I, I was not available. And I realized that there's a lot of preparation that goes into it. <laughs> no, the, the question you have to ask yourself is, um, Daddy Phil, that's money you do every morning. I just want you to ask yourself when he prepares. Do you, <laughs> do you understand? Do some calculation for me. He does it every morning. Then, apart from that, one-on-one prayer with other people, then church service. So I, I'm asking you, when does study feel prepare? I, I don't know. I, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> because, because, 
uh, Elder Mercy, Elder Mercy used three days to prepare for one slot. <laughs> so, so the, the question is, when does that default prepare? Let's say today's morning due. Midday brunch. <laughs> so when does that default prepare? It doesn't sleep on that. <laughs> <laughs> so the secret is a quiet time amen the secret is a quiet time you see it is it's more it's more important to be always prepared than to be preparing it's more important to be always prepared i don't know whether i said it well it's, it's like it is it's important to always be on the alert it's important to always be ready for action it's important to be always your whole life, right? Your whole life to be always ready for action than to put time aside to prepare. It's more important to always be ready for action that, than to put a time. Um, two weeks ago, I had a number of business calls and then I realized I was overly aggressive and I was I was attacking people with left, right, center. And I, I, I sat down and I was reflecting and I realized, that, hey, why, why did I do what I did? And I realized that I'm always ready to attack. I'm always ready to jump in. It's like there's no time I'm not ready for the action. So, so the truth is that quiet time is one of the most important things you see, there are people who wait till there's a crisis in their life, then you see them praying. There are people who wait till there's a crisis in their life. Oh, what's happening right now? Oh, I am, there's this problem. You know, I, when I looked at my life, I realized that I actually don't even pray in crisis. That's what I realized. Because I remember there was one time I had a crisis, and then I went to pray. I prayed for, I forgot the number, I think I prayed for two hours, and I didn't pray for the crisis. I prayed two hours, and then I remember that, oh, there's something to pray about. Then I used one minute to pray about the issue. It's like, I realized I don't even pray in crisis. It's better to be always prepared. It's, it's better to be always prepared. You see, the reason why you are not, you may not be uh, or let me say, a person may not be in a, seeing a quiet time serious. Is that the person is waiting for something to happen before? Oh, um, wake up and pray. Wake up at five a.m. and pray. There's nothing happening, so you don't see the reason why you have to wake up and pray, because you feel like there's nothing happening. But to wake up and pray five a.m. on a day that there's nothing happening or there's no crisis is to be always preparing. It's when that when an issue comes, you realize that you are, you are ready for it. But there are people who will sleep. Then a crisis will come. Then they will start praying. And usually, those prayers are late prayers. Usually, those prayers are late prayers because usually. As you are praying and you are doing your quiet time, God will, God will give you an impression that this is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. So pray about it. So so far as the personal work, you see, um, you cannot let anything prevent you from doing your quiet time. 
You cannot let anything. If you do not do your quiet time, your life is out of balance. If you do not do your quiet time, and if your quiet time is not effective. Now, what does it mean your quiet time is not effective? This is how I want you to measure. Ask yourself, are you carrying yourself in prayer or you are being carried by prayer? Are you carrying yourself in prayer or you are being carried by prayer? This shows whether your quiet time is effective. You know, sometimes you feel like you have to pray because you have to pray. The question is, is prayer, has prayer become your, subs, your sustenance? Has, is reading the Bible, has it become your sustenance? If it has become your sustenance, then it means you are being carried by your quiet time. But you are not carrying your quiet time. There's a difference between being carried by your quiet time and carrying your quiet time. You have to come to a place where if you don't do your quiet time, you can see a difference. You can see that, no, my life is not going the way it's going. So, for a, 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 a proper balance as a church worker, your quiet time is the most important aspect of your life. Your quiet time is the most important aspect of your life. You see, as you have begun to join Morning Dew, you will see an improvement in your life. As you have begun to follow Morning Dew, pray reading the scripture, you will see a, a consistent improvement in your life. Hallelujah. So that is another personal quiet time. Now, let's move to sleep. You see, you cannot structure your life if you don't structure sleep. You cannot structure... You know, um, usually, usually, um, the question I usually get asked is that how do I balance my life as a businessman, how does I balance my life? How I, like I get asked those questions over and over again, right? And usually, I I do not think my life is balanced, like I said in the beginning. But I think that there are certain key things that you you have to make sure that you have sorted out. And one of them is sleep. You cannot sleep anyhow. You cannot sleep anyhow. You cannot sleep. You know, one of the first principles, now sleep is a very dicey area. So I, I don't want to go into the details, but I'll say some things about sleep. Now, point number one. What, what I used to do, I'm telling you what I personally practice. I always calculate how many hours I've slept. I, always, I subtract. Right. You see, I used to do it so, um, um, like, religiously. So what I did was, if I, if I wake up at whatever time. I subtract the time I went to bed and realize that this is how many hours I've, sleep, I've slept. At every, uh, in every day, I know how many hours I slept. You cannot sleep free. <laughs> you, you cannot sleep free. You cannot do God's work and be sleeping free. Do you understand sleeping free? Sleeping without a meter. <laughs> you know sometimes when you're using internet, there's an unmeted connection, right? Sleeping without any meter on it. You cannot sleep like that. You can't say that I like sleep. Devil will go like, I like sleep. As for me, sleep, my hobby is sleeping. You cannot achieve any major thing if you don't structure sleep. You cannot achieve any major thing. 
One of the things I used to do was I practiced one, I don't use a I don't use an alarm clock. Right? I don't I don't use an alarm clock. So what I do is I practice sleeping around the same time, waking up around the same time. You have to structure your sleep. Another thing I also did to structure sleep was to reduce how much I eat in the evenings. How much you eat in the evenings. Listen, if you eat heavy, <laughs> if you eat very heavy, you will <laughs> you will sleep and have dreams you shouldn't be having. <laughs> let, let me tell you a trick. If you if you eat light, now the, the thing is, of course, eating light has its own consequences, right? But if you eat light in the evening, you wake up by four a.m. Now, sir, wake up. You're hungry. <laughs> Sleep must be carefully structured. Sleep must be carefully structured for a proper balance as a church worker. Sleep sleep must be carefully structured. Sleep must be carefully structured. You see? Anyone, anyone, aren't you amazed? Aren't you amazed when you see that they feel on money due? <laughs> now, I just want to understand that if, if daddy starts broadcasting at five, just know he didn't wake up at five. Is that okay? Because you can't just wake up instantly and, and, and go behind your camera. <laughs> you can't wake up at 5 a.m. and then. The issue of sleep. You know, um, Pastor Stanis was talking about the wheat in our life. And some of us, the wheat is sleep. Do you know sleep is part of the last of the flesh? Sleep is part of the last of the flesh. Sleep is part of the last of the flesh. Sleep. Okay, so I'm moving from sleep to social media. They all start with S. <laughs> um, now we have, we have come to we have come to social media. Okay, so I don't know how to say this one, right? Listen, unless you are working. On social media unless you are reaching out to souls on social media unless you are discipling people on social media you have to leave social media thank you very much you have to leave social media unless you are selling Oh, because you are saying social media it means you are saving time. Oh, you know, recently I realized that anytime I do a broadcast message, I make sales. So I was like, anytime I do a broadcast message, social media is one of the most effective ways of reaching out to clients. You get it? At least then it means you save time making money. Oh, then you can use your money for more effective things. Unless you are making money on social media, unless you are learning on social media. There's a course you are doing, and the course, I don't know which course it is, though. 
<laughs> you are learning on social media. Unless you are winning souls on social media, unless you are discipling on social media, you have to leave social media. You have to leave social media. Unless you are doing all these things. Now, even when you are doing these things, they sh- when you get to social media, they should only be focused on the things you do. They should only be focused on the things you are doing. You cannot structure your life as a church worker if you are heavily invested in social media. And you know the certain social media is not productive. Social media is not productive. You are not learning anything within that one hour that you have browsed statuses. You have not learned anything. So, please, let me repeat again. Unless you are making money on social media, unless you are learning on social media, winning souls on social media, leave social media. And anytime you go to social media, check how long you spend there. Check how long. There are some of you, you have to use a yam. I remember the time Daddy announced the social media fast. Um, I'm moving from social media to entertainment. Entertainment. Now, um, and I believe that social media is also part of entertainment, right? You see, I, I was talking to a businessman recently, and then he was telling me he doesn't watch TV. He doesn't watch TV at all. I meet so many people, it's like, they don't want TV at all. You, sometimes you ask yourself, how come they're able to get time? You ask yourself, ah, how does he get time to do all these things he's doing? He doesn't watch TV. He doesn't do social media. He doesn't TikTok. He doesn't, do you get it? That answers how he's able to get time to do all those things. And um, this, this is my advice for entertainment, right? I, I've obs- it's an observation I've made. I've observed that usually many people fall into temptation through entertainment. That's what I realized. And I realized that it's also because that they don't plan entertainment in advance. You see, the truth is this. The reason why sometimes you are just there and then you, you go on TikTok, you go on, you watch movies, um, you go on Netflix, you, you watch a whole series, is <laughs> because you have not planned your entertainment. You know, I, I reached a stage where I decided to plan my entertainment, right? I decided that after I finish doing everything, this is what I will do for entertainment. Now, I know it may sound canal to your ears, right? But the reason why many people fall astray is because their entertainment is not planned. They don't decide that this is what they are going to do after they are idle. This is what I'm going to do after. So when a person's idle, automatically he moves to social media. Am I right? So he, you have to decide that this is what you are going to do. And usually what I say is that try and make sure that your entertainment is, is educational. Do you understand? I mean, um, I'm trying to get examples of entertainment. Do you get it? Um, I think I met some people recently. They, they play chess. They play chess, right? And that's their entertainment. You see, Playing chess is a better entertainment than social media. Do you agree? Do you agree? Do you agree? <laughs> <laughs> Playing chess is a better entertainment 
than social media. So you know, sometimes you have to sit down and ask yourself that when I finish preaching, when I finish this, when I'm doing that, and then I am idle, what will I do? That is what I call planning your entertainment. If you don't, and even your entertainment, you have to plan it in the sense that you have to give yourself a limit. You have to give yourself, other than that, your life will out, be out of balance because you have not planned your entertainment. So planning your entertainment is a very important part. Friends. I believe that Pastor Stalish spoke about friends. Then I'll move to um, journaling. Journaling. Now, it's very important that to organize your life, you need to start journaling. Keeping a diary. Keeping a journal. It's very important. You need to start journaling. Keeping a diary. It's a very important thing. You, see, you know, journaling is a difficult thing. And usually, it is not with Africans. Africans, we don't like journaling. Do you get it? But journaling or writing a diary, keeping a notebook... You see, it is not enough to come for camp, write notes, and throw the notes away. It's not enough. It is not just about writing it down. Now, in journaling, you have to journal one. I will start with visions, right? Every vision God gives you, you have to journal it. Every vision God gives you, you have to journal it. Every word that you hear, you have to journal it. You have to journal your Bible studies. You see, when you become a family man, you have to start journaling the plans for your family. So, journaling is a very important thing. You know, one of, one of the advantages of journaling is that your life, may be, your life may be confusing, but when you keep a journal and you read your journal, you guys are, oh, oh, so, son of my life, all this about, this is all there is to it. Do you get it? But if you don't journal, by the time you realize you are doing this, you are doing that, you are doing this, and you have lost focus. So journaling is a very important thing for structuring your life. Another thing I wrote, I wrote in under the personal is speaking in tongues. That's another thing I wrote. Speaking in tongues. I believe that um, future like sessions to handle it. So after speaking in tongues, we all know. Okay, so um, I'm done with the personal and I'm moving to um, I'm moving to work. I'm moving to work. Now, um, those of you, let me see the workers. Can I see by hands the workers? Okay. Now, usually, hey, let me see it again. Let me see the hands of the workers. Hey, the workers are a lot too. <laughs> Now, um, when you are transiting from being a student to being a worker, usually you experience a shock. How many of you agree? <laughs> There's a big shock. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to give some tips for structuring your life as a worker. Um, I'll, I'll begin by saying this, that you see, everything I said about personal affects the workers. Do you agree? Everything I said about social media, quiet time, organizing your time affects the workers, right? So I've already said certain things that affect workers. So what I'll add is career planning. Career planning. Career planning. 
career planning. I have a very good friend. Um, he's, he's a manager in Netflix. And um, before he went to Netflix, he was working in another company. And then his salary, that one he told me his salary. Salary, you know, usually in Europe, he's working in Europe. Usually they, they code the salary in, um, for the year. You get it? And the, the one he went before Netflix, the salary was above 200,000 euros, right? For the year. His salary was above 200,000 euros for the year. How many of you know 200,000 euros in Ghana cities? <laughs> and and um, why am I why am I sharing this? He started with a salary of thousand three hundred Ghana cities in Ghana. No. <laughs> he started with a salary of thousand three hundred Ghana cities a month in Ghana, right? Now he's, he's now earning, he's earning more than the 200,000 euros because I don't know how much his current employment. Okay, now, um, we always, the two of us, we always discuss his career. Like, we always come and we'll discuss his career. Now, I realized something from him that wherever you are now, whatever you are earning now, I'm talking about your salary and your career. Whatever you are earning now, there's a path from what you are earning now to earning $500,000 a year. There's a path. One of our former presidents, I hear he was an assemblyman. And I, I, I was telling someone that there's a path from being an assemblyman to being the president. There's a path. You can start as an assemblyman and become the president. What is career planning? What is career planning? Career planning means that you have structured. I remember the friend I just shared, I, I shared to you about. When he was earning the 1,300, right? He was working in a Chinese company. And he told me that he was, he was doing the work of five people. He was doing the work of five people, right? And I, I told him that, no, you know what? If you are doing the work of five people, it means you can live. It means that instead of staying five years, you can live in one and a half years, right? Because in one and a half years, you have learned, you have gotten the experience of five years. I say, yeah, it's very true. Then he left that company. Then he moved to another company. Then he also built his skills. Till he got opportunity outside. So the, the truth is that wherever you are now in your career, wherever you are now in your career. I mean, there's one of us who is sitting here. I was talking with her, and I was telling her that right now, you, you know, your first job doesn't really matter. Your first job, do you know what you have to look for in a first job? Look for a job that is very difficult. Your first job must be very difficult. You know, the worst thing you can have is, is to have a very easy first job. And as you are growing older, you are getting more difficult job. Your first job must be very difficult and expose you as much as possible. Your first job must be very difficult and expose you as much as possible. You know, your first job should not be about money. 
And you go like, oh, but you know, we need money. You see, the thing is, I just shared a, um, a story of the friend who was started in 1,300. You see, there, uh, this is the idea. The idea is that any, any place you are going, they are estimating your skills. They are estimating your experience. So as you are moving from this place to this place, they are estimating your skill and they are estimating your experience. But if you have not acquired that skill and experience where you are now, how will you sell yourself for a higher amount in the next place that you are going? Your first job must be difficult and must expose you as much as possible. And don't make the mistake. When you are moving from your first job, you are moving to your second job, you market yourself well. You market yourself well. And then when you get there, you also ex expose yourself so that when you are moving to the next, you also market yourself well. Is that okay? So, you know, um, there's this popular person we know in this country. And I think he's a sad case of career planning. This is what happened. One of the biggest companies in Ghana, he was the um, CMO. There's something you call CMO, Chief Marketing Officer, right? He was the CMO of one of the biggest companies that we know. I don't want to be, if I give you too many clues, you know what I'm talking about. He was the CMO of that company. And he was making so much money. Then a new company of that type came to Ghana. Listen to this. And they poached him from that company. And they made him CEO. I, I follow him. Then he moved from the, this company I'm talking about to this new company. Then a newer company also came. That was bigger than the one he was. In. And they poached him and made him COO. But that was bigger. It's a bigger company. Chief Operating Officer. Now, from insider information, right? When he went to that company, that's when his career ended. Yeah? That's when his career ended. Career totally ended. So, and I've seen it. I'm just, I've just given one example, right? I've seen people make wrong career moves. There's something you call dead-end jobs. Do you get it? So they, they move. You see, had he stayed at least not even in the third company, had he stayed even in the second company, his career would still be in existence. But by moving to that third company, and you know, as a church worker, um, if you are having problems in your career, the devil will, let, will use us as an excuse to convince you that you should not do the work of the ministry. As a student, if you are not doing well academically, your parents will be telling you that you focus on your education. Am I right? When you, you, you finish, then you do the work of the ministry. So it's very important that you understand career planning. Let me see how many I'm left with. Okay. I'm left with two. Under, under work, um, I'll, let me just summarize this. Uh, how many minutes? Is my time up? Three minutes, okay. Okay, so um, now there's this, um, there's this scripture. It says, look to Abraham, the rock from when you are hewn. I don't know whether I'm quoting rightly. Thank you, thank you, Daddy. So, 
you see, everyone here must aspire to, to start his own company. Everyone here must aspire to start his own company and win himself of salary. Everyone here must aspire to start his own company. You see, why is it that Abraham could obey God? It's because Abraham was not working for anyone. <laughs> Everyone is quiet too. You're not happy with the message. <laughs> why is it that Abraham, do you think that if Abraham was working, you know, Abraham was in the land of, I think, Uros, um, and then Babylon, the, the area, yes. The all of the Chaldeans. Do you know if Abraham was a government worker in the all of the Chaldeans? Do you know that if God told him to move to a land, that he would show him? Do you know Abraham won't go? Do you agree that Abraham won't go? Why? That's why Abraham cannot be a government worker. Do you understand? You see, when God calls you and you have to obey that call, your financial independence is crucial for obeying the call of God. Your financial independence is crucial for obeying the call of God. You see, I'm not, I'm not going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say that everyone should own his own business. But what I would tell you is that there are certain calls, callings, that you cannot do as working for someone. There are certain callings that God can call you that you cannot do working for someone. That's why Jesus Christ said that no one can serve two masters. For he will either love one and hate the other. So, as much as possible, and, and you know, by the grace of God, most of us are young. As much as possible. You know, I remember when, um, Pastor Henry, I remember when you shared with me that you were, you were living I don't know whether I've forgotten the year it was that you were living um, where you were. 2018, exactly. I remember when Pastor Henry shared with me that he was living where he was to start Big Data. Amen. And it was a big decision. It was a difficult decision. But there are certain calls that when God calls you, you have to be independent. You have to be financially independent. And even, there, even some of the devil's attack on businesses or finances is so that you'll be financially dependent on the system of Babylon. Huh? On the system of Babylon. So many people cannot serve God because of money. Many people cannot serve God because of money. So it's very important that you understand that. Of course, that's not for everyone. But I just want you to know that Abraham was not a government worker. Amen. Amen. At least you can write it in your notebook. <laughs> that Abraham was not a government worker. Amen. Now, for those of you who are planning on starting business, um, the, so this is the last thing I'm, I'll, I'll say. For those of you who are planning on starting business, I want to tackle the last thing. That is meditation. 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 Um, let's open our Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. 
Okay, please, can someone read? Amen. Um, please start with the, this book of the law shall not depart of the mouth. That's verse five, right? Verse eight. Okay. Amen. This is the last thing I have to share with you. Um, I just want you to look at the scripture very well. It says that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. It says, so that thou mayest make thy way prosperous. You see, um, one of the surest way of being, I don't know how to put it, but one of the surest way of starting a business or being successful in business is meditation. One of the surest way. And it, it works in different ways. You see, I want I want you to I want you to um, I want you to develop the habit of meditation. Now God gave Joshua a series of instructions to fulfill. God gives Joshua a series of instructions to fulfill. Now, God was saying that Joshua should meditate on those instructions day and night so that Joshua will be able to fulfill everything that is written in them. Amen. So usually, a life of balance requires a life of meditation. You see, the truth is that everything that God has asked you to do, everything that God has given you to do, you have to always have them and meditate on them. Everything that God... You see, many a times, um, people start the week, maybe Monday, and then they do a lot of things. They get busy, 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 busy. Then they get to Thursday, then they realize that there are so many things that they have not done. Now, usually, those things happen because of a lack of meditation. So this is what I, this is what I will recommend strongly. I recommend that at the end of every day, I want you to review what you did. You can do a mental review. At the end of every day, I want you to review what you did. And what did I do today? Today I did this, today I did that. Do you know when you review what you did at the end of every day, it makes you realize the things that you left undone. Because he was telling him to meditate so that you'll be able to do everything that is written. Amen. The first thing is that when you start reviewing what you did every day, it makes you realize, ah, but today I was supposed to go here and I didn't do this. It's all putting your life in a balance. The second thing is that in the morning, so you are reviewing what you did for the day in the night, right? So we're talking about the night. That's our meditate day and night. So for the night, I want you to review what you did for the day. Now in the morning, I want you to meditate on what you are going to do for that day. On Sunday evenings, that is in the beginning of the week. This is what you can do. In the beginning of the week, I want you to meditate and plan the entire week. Meditate and plan the entire week. What you are supposed to do for the entire week. 
in the beginning of the month, you know, in the beginning of the month, we have the prophetic encounter service. So we have daddy sharing with us the key things of the month. In the beginning of the month, I want you to pray into the month. You see, many a times we are not able to put our lives in balance because we do not meditate. And this is the last thing I'm, 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 I'm adding. We are not able to put our life in balance because we do not meditate. It's like you have five things to do. By the time you do them, you, you realize you've done three, you're left with two. How many of you realized? You have um, six things to buy at a shop. By the time you don't write it down, by the time you realize you've bought four, you're left with two. Have you realized? And you have a lot of things to do. By the time you realize you've done half and you have left your half, this will not have happened if you had meditated. This will not have happened if you had meditated. What, what must you achieve for yourself? What must you achieve for your branch? What must you achieve? If you do not meditate on it, if you don't pray about it, if you don't make confessions into it early in the morning, in the night, if you don't review what you did for the day, you will not be able to put your life in a balance. And, and that is why it is linked to what I shared concerning academics. That you have to know what subjects you are supposed to learn for that day. Without this, your life will not be in a balance. God bless you for listening. Go out and work wonders by the impact of this message. Kindly subscribe to this podcast to receive updates on new messages. Shalom.